Welcome to another edition of Keep It Up. It is Friday, April 21st, 2023. So happy to be here as we are through the week. It is a Friday. We do have playoff basketball tonight. Knicks and the Cavaliers, game three of the first round of the NBA playoffs. The series is tied 1-1. We'll go over game two. My thoughts about that. Of course, by now, you're probably, you probably already know what went on, but just some of my thoughts on what happened and what went down in that slaughtering that the Cavaliers gave the Knicks. We'll also talk about the Nets being down three games to nothing against the 76ers, something that I kind of expected, I think a lot of people expected. Also talk about some of the other matchups around the NBA, including this just came across the wire about 10, 15 minutes ago from when I started this podcast, but the Raptors have fired Nick Nurse, and they are reportedly seriously looking at Ime Udoka, and if that name sounds familiar, well, it, it is for a reason, because he was the coach of the Boston Celtics. I think they got to the Eastern Conference Finals in his first year, and then he got hit with some serious allegations about sexual assault or sexual harassment with the Celtics, with um, a subordinate, and uh, it was last year when the Nets got rid of Steve Nash. They were looking at Ime Udoka, but haven't we learned our lesson with this guy? Like, this guy... It's not a good look to have this guy as the head coach of your team just because of what he did and what he was accused of. Now, I don't know how that case ended, but he was accused of a period of a, of a pretty serious thing. And the Nets, when they were seriously looking at him last year, uh, they came to the realization that, yeah, you know what? With all of this Kyrie Irving stuff going down, with everything that went on in our organization, probably wasn't a good idea to bring in another guy with some serious controversies. But the Raptors seem to be uh, pretty happy with the way that things have happened off the court with Udoka, and I guess he will be the next head coach. We'll see how that ends. But uh, we'll also talk about the Mets, the Yankees, the NHL playoffs, the Rangers up two games to nothing on the Devils. So it's a jam-packed show. Let's get right into it. First things first, Knicks Cavaliers. I did mention Game 3 is tonight at the Garden. And the Knicks definitely needed a change of scenery in the series. They played the first two games in Cleveland. They won the first. I was pretty ecstatic about that. But then they got their doors blown off in Game 2. And you know what? I had a feeling that they were going to lose Game 2. But I didn't think they were going to get blown out. I don't think anyone did. Josh Hart, he was questionable. Actually, he was doubtful leading up to the day of the game, and then they upgraded him to questionable, and then he did play. I just don't think he was 100%. I still don't think Julius Randle is 100%, even though Randle played okay. Like, Randle, through the first two games of this series, has played pretty well. You know, if you were going to tell me that he was going to do what he's done in the first two games, I would have been like, great, that's awesome. Knicks would be in both games. And the Knicks ended up winning the first one, but they just could not score the basketball in game two, they shot 37% from the field, 24% from three. And in this day and age in the NBA, if you shoot 24% from three, there's a really good chance that the other team is going to shoot higher than 24% from three. And really, if you look at how these games end, really the games go to whoever shoots the three ball better. And Cleveland was just on fire. Darius Garland was absolutely amazing. Donovan Mitchell. And I go back to this past summer where the Knicks and the Utah Jazz were talking about a trade for Donovan Mitchell. And 
you know, you would just wonder what could have been if the Knicks somehow landed Donovan Mitchell. I would imagine that it would have taken R.J. Barrett and Quentin Grimes, maybe another player like Obi Toppin or Emmanuel Quickly. But man, Donovan Mitchell is one of the most underrated superstars in the NBA. If you take a look, watch this game tonight. If you haven't watched any of the games at all, watch this game tonight. I believe it's on at 7.30 on ESPN. Donovan Mitchell makes so many clutch shots. He does so many things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And for superstar players like Donovan Mitchell, you don't really see superstar players doing that. Like, you see the gaudy numbers, you see them scoring the ball, rebounding the ball, passing the ball, but you don't see them getting on the floor, getting those loose balls, those 50-50s, making plays defensively. That's what Donovan Mitchell does, and he is a terrific player, and for my money, the most underrated superstar in the NBA. And then when you contrast that with R.J. Barrett and what he has done in the first two games, now, I do want to be totally clear, R.J. Barrett is not anywhere close to where Donovan Mitchell is in terms of stardom, but at least when R.J. Barrett goes out there, you pay him that money, you expect him to do better than what he has done over the last two games, and his shot is just not there, and when his shot is not there, then the defense doesn't have to play out on him, and R.J. Barrett is best when he is driving towards the hoop with his left hand, and I think defenses by this point, they know that if his shot isn't going down, there's really no need to guard him out there, and then you can just play him to drive the basketball, and you can cut him off on the left side, and there you go. He's a below-average basketball player once that uh, once that takes place. So R.J. Barrett needs to play better. Julius Randle, I'm happy with the way that he's played, but even he could probably take it up another step. Jalen Brunson was god-awful in Game 2, and I've taken this long to call out Jalen Brunson just because he has done so many good things this year. He was great in Game 1. I'm going to cut him some slack for what happened in Game 2 a couple nights ago. But both of those guys, Randall and Brunson, need to show up tonight, and they will have the momentum of the MSG faithful on their side. And I'm going to go out on a hunch and say they will not shoot as poorly from 3 as they did in Game 2. I think when you're playing in a hostile environment like that, uh, you can some of the jitters can get to you, and it's it's pretty hostile. So I think coming back... To New York, playing Game 3, I expect a totally different game. If Game 3 was going to be played in Cleveland and Game 4 was going to be played in Cleveland, I'd be a little bit concerned because of what they put out in Game 2. But because it is coming to New York, I am, um, I'm a little bit more optimistic about the futures of this series. So hopefully that is a saving grace for the Knicks. They do play tonight. As for the Nets, they are down three games to nothing against the Sixers. Really not going to spend too much time on this. Jo- uh, Joel Embiid really hasn't been the dominating guy in this series. I think he put up 14 or 15 points last night. But Tyrese Maxey is absolutely unbelievable. And Emmanuel quickly played in the backcourt with Tyrese Maxey when they were drafted a few years ago for Kentucky. Quickly was the SEC player of the year during that year. So even though Tyrese Maxey went higher in the draft, both guys really weren't looked at as superstar players or even close to that. Tyrese Maxey has lived up 
to every bit of expectation and then some in his third year here. I have no doubt that he is on his way to a max contract with whatever team he signs with. And for quickly, I think the issue for him is just getting enough playing time. I mean, he's playing behind Josh Hart now, playing behind Jalen Brunson, a couple other guards on the team. And when you boil it down, there's just not enough playing time for him. When you think about Quickly's best games this year, it was when Brunson was out. It was when they didn't have Josh Hart. It was when those guys in front of him were not playing. It was when Quickly was getting 30, 35 minutes a game. And now with those guys back, he's only getting 25 minutes tops a game. And granted, he has not played well, but we have seen what he is capable of. But Back to this series with the Nets and the Sixers. Sixers well on their way to advancing. They will most likely have a few days off if they can take care of business in Brooklyn whenever Game 4 is. As for the Kings against the Warriors, this is one of the best series in the NBA going on right now. The Kings are up two games to one. Kings won both games in Sacramento. They lit the beam both times. And then for the Warriors, they crushed the Kings last night. So... As for the war, and that was without Draymond Green. And if you listen to my podcast on Tuesday, that special edition I did a few days ago, I said that I was I would be surprised if the NBA went the extra mile and suspended Draymond Green, and they did just that. I was absolutely shocked that they did that. I am on record as saying that I don't think what Draymond Green did was dirty. I just think it's because it is Draymond Green, and it did kind of look like it was dirty and I think that's enough for the NBA and the NBA even put that in their statement they said that because of Green's past history we had to do this and if it was any other player outside of Draymond Green they probably wouldn't have been suspended but it seems like the Warriors played better without Green it was either that or it was just playing at home because they crushed the Kings it's now two games to one and in order for the Warriors now to advance they need to win all their games at home, and then they, they need to steal one on the road in Sacramento. And the Kings have looked pretty good when they play at home. So this is one of those series, a classic seven-game series, in my opinion. It's going to come down to that game seven in Sacramento. And we all know from watching sports and uh, game sevens of the past, anything can happen in game sevens. So that's basically a little whip around in the NBA. Giannis is still out for the Bucks. And Milwaukee did win without Giannis, so maybe they play better without Giannis. Obviously, uh, I'm kidding about that, but they did beat the Heat, so that series is tied 1-1. Other games going on tonight, Boston against Atlanta. Boston seems like they're well on their way to advance. They're up two games to nothing on the Hawks, and then the Nuggets as well. They're up two games to nothing on the Timberwolves. Both of those series are in the tank right now. As for the Suns, they lost game one, but they've come back to win games two and three against the Clippers. The Clippers now playing without Kawhi. And it's just amazing how many injuries there have been in the NBA playoffs just over the past week. I mean, you have John Morant with Memphis. He is out. And Memphis won without Morant. So now Memphis wins against the Lakers being down. Uh, They lost the first game with John Morant, and now they win game two Without Morant, you have the Heat losing Tyler Hero. They lost, but the main story really in that series is Giannis. The Bucks lost Giannis. They won. And the Clippers going into that series, they were without Paul George. They won game one. So it's amazing to see 
the star players going down, but teams still finding a way with the role players that they have to come out with big wins. So we'll see how those series, they pan out. Uh, the other game tonight is the Nuggets and the Timberwolves, that game at 9.30. Uh, the Cleveland and New York game is at 8.30 on ABC. I said it was previously at 7, 7.30 on ESPN, but that game is actually on ABC, so one of the lower channels. Everyone should be able to get that if you have cable TV. Moving on now to some baseball. The Mets got a huge series win against the L.A. Dodgers. Of course, the huge controversy in that series was Game 3 and Max Scherzer getting ejected from the game, and now it was announced yesterday that he is suspended for 10 games. When you get ejected for using sticky stuff, it's an automatic 10-game suspension, so that really wasn't the surprise. But the surprise was after the game, Max basically admitted to using alcohol after the umpires told him to wash off your hands. And I guess the protocol when umpires tell you to wash your hands is to go use alcohol. And he did, but it came out after the game that using alcohol and rosin like he did, it actually creates a more sticky substance than rosin and sweat combined, like he said numerous times to home plate umpire Dan Bellino and Phil Cuzzy. My opinion on this whole thing was that obviously Scherzer did have some sort of sticky stuff on his hand. Now, I don't think he was trying to cheat. I think he was pretty adamant after the game that, you know, he he didn't think what he was doing was wrong. He wasn't going out of his way to try to gain an advantage, to try to gain some, you know, RPMs on the spin rate of his pitches, which if you go back and you look at the stats, the spin rate on his pitches weren't actually any more than what he has done over his first two or three starts, however many starts he has had this year. So from that perspective, and I think that can be used as hard evidence, he didn't have an advantage against the hitters that he was facing um, a couple days ago when he was ejected, but he did have a sticky substance on his hand, and I don't think the umpires are lying when they're saying that whatever was on his hand, it got even more sticky the inning after they told him to go wash it off. And that whatever sticky stuff was on Scherzer's hand, it got on the umpire's hands, and they said that it took two to three innings for it to just totally go away because it was so sticky. So I don't think Scherzer did anything malicious. I think he was just doing what he thought was within the rules. But when you mix alcohol and rosin together that does create a very sticky substance and the rules are that you just can't have anything sticky it doesn't matter what it is if you have something that is really sticky the umpires tell you to go wash it off and you still haven't washed it off yet you're going to get ejected from the game and that's exactly what happened to Max Scherzer I think that both can be true that Scherzer wasn't intentionally cheating and that the umpires are were right to throw him out. I think they were right to throw him out of the game because whatever was on his hand, they told him to go wash it off. It actually even got more sticky the inning after. I think they were right to throw him out, but I also think that Scherzer just just should have washed it off. Like whatever was sticky on him, he shouldn't have got too cute, shouldn't have tried to play around the rules. Just go wash it off because having you out there without sticky stuff is a lot better than having, you know, some other scrub who they just called up from AAA come and try to pitch against the LA Dodgers. 
And Jimmy Yacobonis, who they called up from AAA, the aforementioned scrub I call quote-unquote, he actually pitched really well. So I do want to commend him for pitching really well and helping the Mets win that game because they did. They only got three innings out of Scherzer, but they won the game 3-2. to two. A well-pitched game by the Mets bullpen. The timely hitting is there. The Mets also won last night against the Giants, the first game of that series. I believe it's a four-game series against the Giants. And I was surprised because there are four former Mets on that Giants team. You have Michael Conforto, Wilmer Flores, and then you have Darren Ruff, who the Mets just released this past year. And then J.D. Davis, who is the everyday third baseman for the Giants. So the Giants have three full-time starters that were former Mets who are in the lineup. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, Michael Conforto plays every day. J.D. Davis now plays against right-handers because if you remember, J.D. Davis was only a platoon guy. He only played against lefties. And I always loved J.D. Davis. I never thought the Mets should have traded him. And now Darren Ruff who the Mets traded J.D. Davis for, is in the same lineup as J.D. Davis now, only against lefties. Rough against lefties bats cleanup. I mean, can you imagine that? Mets fans wanted him off the team, including myself, and now he's batting cleanup for the Giants. Granted, the Giants aren't very good, but still, how is a guy that we thought was that bad playing cleanup for the Giants against lefties? I mean... I didn't even think he should have been on a Major League Baseball team, let alone batting cleanup on any team. I don't care how bad the team is. And the Giants, they got off to a little bit of a bad start, but they have really good starting pitching, and they have enough offense, I think, to compete. That division is very tough with the Padres and the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks are playing a little bit better this year as well. So it's going to be a tough division, but they should be more competitive than what they have been um, over over the first two weeks of the Major League Baseball season. And as for the Yankees, they just keep humming along 12-7 and after a series win against the LA Angels. The big news over this past week was that they lost Giancarlo Stanton. And I believe I touched on it on Tuesday, but every year Stanton is good for two or three times a year being on the IL for at least four to five weeks, something like that. And that's what the timetable is for Stanton. Also, what really stood out to me, Anthony Rizzo, he's playing really well, batting 340. He's one of the best offensive players for the Yankees this year. Judge has kind of fallen off. His average now down to 270. Still hitting home runs, still playing really good defense. That that game a couple days ago where Judge robbed Otani, that was, uh, was must-watch and kind of like a movie because everyone was making such a big deal about that. But um, the Angels losing the series to the Yankees. Yankees now 12-7. and The Rays keep winning, so the Yankees still three games, four games back in the AL East. But I think just the thing is right now, you can't really look at the teams in front of you in the division. Like, as a Mets fan, I can't keep looking at the Braves and keep saying, oh, they won, oh, they won. Because every night they do win, but the Mets just got to keep stacking up wins. And if they can do that at the end of the year, they will be in the playoffs one way or another, just like the Yankees will be. As for the NHL, as we wrap up here, just a little bit on the Rangers. They're now up two games to nothing on the Devils. They have dominated them over the past two games. And I haven't watched too many hockey games throughout the regular season, but I can tell you the Rangers are the better team in this series against the Devils. They just look outmatched, outplayed. And how many times on a power play is Chris Kreider just going to post up in front of the net and have someone from the outside just shoot it on the net and have him deflect it in? I mean, Kreider has scored four goals in this series all on deflections, on power plays. It's crazy. 
how many times that Chris Kreider has done that. And the Devils goalie, I think his last name is Vanacek, he has not played well. The Rangers just have too much star power. They're up two games to nothing, and anything can happen in the NHL more so than any other sport for their playoffs. But I think this one is pretty well on their way uh, to favoring the Rangers. Of course, that series now goes to MSG with the Rangers up two games to nothing, and I think that is the final nail in the coffin for the Devils. And as I take a look at the time, we are now over 20 minutes, so that will be it for me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, recapping all the important stories over the past week. Also previewed a little bit of what's to come this weekend with the NBA playoffs, more NHL playoffs with the Rangers and Devils. And then, of course, I'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happened and to preview the week ahead. Have a terrific Friday, a terrific weekend, and I will be back on Monday.